cartoon that I saw pictured a, a little boy kneeling in prayer. Obviously disgruntled with the results of his prayer, he, he was saying, Aunt Harriet hasn't gotten married. Uncle Herbert hasn't any work. And Daddy's hair is still falling out. <laughs> I'm getting tired of praying for this family without getting any results. <laughs> Isn't it hard to keep focused on things that aren't going our way? When the results of our actions aren't what we were wanting or expecting. Again, I want to focus in on today on the characters that we see and, and compare their behavior with Caiaphas, this unknown woman, and the disciples. That we might understand a little bit better our, our own actions. That we might understand better what we believe who we believe in, and, and how does that come out in the way we live our lives? As we look at Caiaphas, this man of, of high importance, but a man who reveals what's in his heart by what he, he plans to do. A man plotting to kill Jesus. Isn't that sad? When you look at, at a person, the high priest, the priest, you know, a, a high person in the church who is thinking about killing other people. And why? Selfishness. He didn't want to lose his power. He didn't want to lose his prestige. He, he, he was afraid. Jesus was even hitting at their, their pocketbooks a little bit. And he didn't like that. But the main thing, I think, is, is the power. That was what Caiaphas was all about, was, was his role. He was more concerned with politics than he was with religion. And that came out in the way that he lived his life. More concerned with remaining in power than embracing religious teachings, especially the teachings of what Jesus... Can you imagine if Caiaphas had actually sat down and listened to what Jesus had to say about helping the poor, about loving others, about accepting. But, you know, Caiaphas was like a lot of us. He probably didn't even see his sinfulness. He probably, in his own mind, said what? He said, well, the people need me. I'm the chief priest. I'm important. Who is Jesus? Jesus, you know, he's just a, a, a rabbi that sort of gone his own way. He didn't care about serving people. 
Does that sound like politics today? <laughs> I mean, I was reading this, and maybe that's human nature. Maybe when we get in power, we lose our sense of being in touch with people. Now, the pessimist in me wants to say, yeah, they're all dirty. But the optimist in me wants to believe that maybe there are a few, maybe there are some people in today's world that truly care about other people. That, that when they run for office, they, they truly mean what they say and that they are going to help the poor. They're going to help the common person. So we have this picture of Caiaphas. You got a good picture of Caiaphas now in your mind? Might even picture somebody today as Caiaphas. Then let's go to this other woman, this unknown woman. Again, I, I think she had to be somebody that was truly touched by Jesus. It, it could have been something he said. Maybe he healed a loved one of hers. But in Jesus, she saw what? She saw hope. She saw love. She saw faith in practice. She saw a person that, that cared, that was willing to go out of their way to, to help other people. Maybe she had been a follower of Jesus and had been following all along, listening to his teachings. Surely Jesus had to have touched her in some miraculous way. And what happens when somebody really touches us? When, when someone... Uh, love is something that we can feel in our lives. We want to give back to them, don't we? We want to love them back. We want to do something for them. And so I'm sure she, she prayed about this. I'm sure she thought about this. What is it? What is it that I could give Jesus? Did she know about Jesus' crucifixion? Did, did she know that Jesus was only going to be around for a few more weeks? Did she think about the gift that she was going to give, uh, this expensive perfume? But she had been loved so much by Jesus that she wanted to give that perfect gift to him. I think the Holy Spirit was in her. Because that, that can only explain how that, this gift could come about. It had to be the perfect thing for Jesus. And and the Holy Spirit's the one that helps us find those gifts, helps us be able to help other people in only the way that God's direction can help. We see her love. We see her devotion. We see who ruled her heart. Who was ruling Caiaphas' heart? I, I think evil, meanness, hatred. This unknown woman, it was love and hope and faith. So we can learn, we can learn from both of these. 
What are people going to remember about us? And Jesus says this. When people read this story, they're going to remember this woman in, in a loving, kind way. How are they going to remember Caiaphas? As the one that had evil in his heart. But again, it, it's only as powerful as we let it be in our lives. So the question this morning for us is which one are we like? Are we like Caiaphas? Or are we like this unknown woman? Have you ever chosen to do what is best for yourself over what Jesus would have us do? Have you ever denied someone because they didn't, you didn't have time? Or you just didn't want to part with your own money? Or, you know, you heard a call, a plea for some help from someone or, or some organization and, and you just said, no, that's my money. I've got better ways to spend that money. What are ways that we have shown love for Jesus this past week? What did you do that showed others that, that Jesus was in your heart, that showed the love of Jesus? Let's go to that first prayer, Jake. Listen to this and, and then repeat with me afterwards. Lord, help us see our own sinfulness. That's a key right there. We have to see our own sinfulness. That We have to see that sometimes we are like Caiaphas, even though we don't want to admit it. And not focus on what others do wrong. <laughs> Amen? We can't be seeing pointing fingers, sort of like the disciples saying this lady was doing wrong. Let's say this together, if you have this in your heart. Lord, help us see our own sinfulness and not focus on what others do wrong. Mm. We need that. We need to focus on ourselves. And Lent, this Lenten season, that's what Lent is about to me. You know, a lot of churches, they don't do Lent. But a lot of churches do. And I've always seen it as a time to, to reflect on the Scriptures, a time to, to draw closer to God, to work on my own self, so that when Easter comes, we can truly celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. Here's a story about a family. A father and two children. And the dad had taken Helen, the eight-year-old, and Brandon, who was five, to the Cloverleaf Mall in Hattiesburg, Pennsylvania. And they were going to do a little shopping. As they drove up, they spot spotted a Peterbilt 18-wheeler parked with a big sign on it. It said, Petting Zoo. The kids jumped up in a rush and asked, Daddy, Daddy, can we go? Can we go to that petting zoo? Please, please, can we go? Like kids do. And the dad said, sure. And this was a few years ago. This was back when 
Uh, and when I was growing up, parents would let kids do something and you could go in and shop and then come back. <laughs> I don't know if I feel comfortable doing that today. But they did it back then. So he gave them each a quarter. Then he walks on into Sears to do some shopping. And they bolted away. And uh, it gave him a little free time to, to look around. And the petting zoo consisted of a portable fence erected in the mall with about six inches of sawdust and a multitude of, of little furry baby animals or of all kinds. And the kids pay their money and they stay in the enclosure enchanted with the squirmy little critters where their moms and dads shopped. Well, the dad had gone in and uh, it was just a few uh, minutes later after he had let the kids you know, go look at the petting zoo. And he sort of was shocked to see the little Helen there. And she looked very sort of upset. And he bent down, he says, what's wrong, honey? And she looked at him and said, and with those giant, beautiful brown eyes that melt your heart, and sadly said, well, daddy, it cost 50 cents. So I gave Brandon my quarter, and I let him go into the petting zoo. Then she said the most beautiful thing that he had ever heard. She repeated the family motto, and the family motto was, love is action. She had given Brandon the quarter, although she loved cuddly, furry creatures more than, than he did. But she had also seen her parents do and say love is action for many years around their house and they lived on King's Arrow Ranch and now she had this opportunity to incorporate this into her own lifestyle you see this the words that her parents had taught her had become part of her so what do you think this dad did well, not my, what you might think. As soon as they finished, finished the errands, he took Helen to the petting zoo. And they stood by the fence and they watched Brandon go crazy petting and feeding the animals. Helen stood with her hands and chin resting on that fence, just watching Brandon. And the dad, he had 50 cents in his pocket, burning a hole in him. But he never offered it to Helen. And she never asked for it because she knew the whole family motto. It's not love is action. Love is sacrificial action. Love many times pays a price. Love many times costs something. Love is expensive. And when you love, you reap the heavenly blessings. Love reaches out to others. Love gives. It doesn't grab. And Helen had given Brandon her quarter. But to follow through on that lesson, she knew she had to taste the sacrifice. She wanted to experience that total family model. Love is sacrificial action. Our families. How do we sacrifice for each other? How do we show sacrificial love? 
Maybe we don't. I know I've missed plenty of times when I could. <laughs> but that's something that needs to be a part of us. That needs to be a part of our lifestyle, like Helen's. We need to learn that. And, and it's not natural. It's not something that, that just is there. It's something that we have to learn. It's something that we have to work at. It's something that we have to remind ourselves over and over. Well, let's look at this disciples. The ones who have decided to learn from the rabbi. Who have decided to follow Jesus. Like many other times, they didn't grasp the importance of this unknown woman's uh, actions. And Jesus knew what was in their hearts. Now, the word said, you know, they were concerned for the poor. But I think Jesus was saying, no, you guys aren't. You're not concerned with the poor. What you're thinking is, how could I have that money? What would I do with that money? Boy, I wish I had that money. I could use it for myself. It just sounds uh, magnanimous. Ah, big word. <laughs> yeah. It sounded good. It maybe would bring them some brownie points. Uh, you know, let's get the rabbi to think more of us. See that we're people that think about the poor. And not saying that that wasn't a good thing. But why did Jesus say that you'll have the poor with you always? It's because there was something, an event that was coming up. His crucifixion. And do you think that the disciples grasped that yet? <laughs> do you think they understood? That? They didn't act like it, did they? Oh, A lot of times we hear words. But that's all they are, words. We don't take them in. We don't think about them. We don't really understand them. They missed the point that Jesus was going to die soon. And this anointing was symbolic of the Messiah King. I know, I know there's times when I miss things that God wants me to see. It's like a businessman well known for his ruthlessness once announced to uh, writer Mark Twain, before I die, I want to make a pilgrimage to the Holy Land and I'll climb Mount Sinai and I'll read the Ten Commandments aloud at the top. <laughs> and Mark Twain replied, a better idea, you could stay in Boston and keep them. <laughs> a lot of times it's better to think of a grand stand let me tell you just one more story about a young man's life. When he was growing up, his dad was a farmer, not a Christian. He had little interest in faith, having been told by his father that the Bible was a fairy tale. And then a local pastor took an interest in his dad, asking if he could um, plow the fields on the weekends with him. He, he sort of liked farming himself. Have you ever had a pastor say, I want to help you, I want to work with you, I want to help plow your field? Well, you can just imagine what this said to this 
man who was told when he was growing up that the Bible was a fairy tale. This act of service spoke louder, louder than any words that his dad had ever heard. By his actions, this pastor made his dad feel loved and that this did more than any preaching that he could have done. He didn't need convincing about the theological correctness of the Bible. He needed to feel God's love for him. And this pastor met that need in a practical way. And I'll tell you folks, that's evangelism. We talk about reaching out to others. Think of ways that, that you can help them. Be with them. Sometimes we can give money, but other times when you can help somebody, mow somebody's lawn that really needs it. Um, bring a meal in. Uh, you know, there's many, many ways that, that we can show our actions. Maybe put teeth to what we say. To show what's really in our hearts. I've got one more prayer I want us to, to think about. Lord, when people see our actions, may they see the light of Jesus and the love of God. Let's say that together. Lord, when people see our actions, may they see the light of Jesus and the love of God. Amen. Amen. Just as Jesus said that this unknown woman be known by her actions, so will we. So will we. As we leave this morning, let's go thinking about what will people remember about us. Hopefully, hopefully it's that we love God with all our heart and all our soul and all our mind and we loved others as ourselves. Let us pray. Gracious God, thank you. Thank you for being with us and guiding and directing us. We thank you for your word that... Uh, gives us stories to think about, helps us get in touch with some of the things that we do wrong, some of our sinfulness, so that we can correct that and maybe go in a different way. Be with us in our journey and help us live lives that show that you are in our hearts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 